Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. The Isuzu MUX is born to tow. Your rugby league coverage on SEN starts now. Welcome to NRL Crunch Time. Hi, everybody. Good afternoon. Matt White in the chair for Crunch Time today, brought to you by Isuzu. The Isuzu D-Max is born to tow. Alongside me, Adrian Prezenko, the Sydney Morning Herald's chief sports, well, rugby league writer, chief league writer, Let's try that again. There Ooh. you go. I'm on. I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, it was a big build-up for you there, and you left your microphone off. Good afternoon, mate. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. And the missiles here as well, James Magnuson. Hello, Maggie. Maddie, how are you? I'm much better. I've just had two weeks off, fellas. Yeah, just how was it? Yeah, fresh. Good, fresh, ready to rumble. I, I did a bit of uh, Top Gun viewing yep. on, yes. on your behalf after the last time we sat down yeah, and had yeah. a chat. You said you had a 60th birthday party while you were yes. away. Yes. Did the guy whose 60th it was look anywhere near as good as Tom Cruise at 60? <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, I went. I saw Tom Cruise, I saw Top Gun after the 60th because okay. I would have been very judgmental if I had done it <laughs> the other way around. Although later in the evening at that 60th birthday party, everyone was looking pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on which uh, way. But he's still got it, Tom. He's, oh, he's still got it, doesn't he's, he? He's 60 years it. of age, yeah. still ripped, still got that whole Hollywood look. Love it. Yeah. Mm. I also went and saw the Man United uh, Palace game, Crystal Palace game at the MCG. 76,000 people. So what's a super spreader event without 76,000 <laughs> <laughs> that Was everyone masked up? No. No. Wow. Not at all. Not at all. And it was, um, yeah, it was quite extraordinary. I mean, the, the, the walk back from the G back into the city was absolutely packed. I mean, you were jostling side by side. Yeah. 76 is a big crowd. They do it well down there, don't they? Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is about Melbourne. I've, I've been down for big sporting events as well. And it's always, they just do it slightly better than Sydney. Maybe it's because the, the proximity of the stadiums to the city um, and the, the number of people that live in the city in Melbourne rather than out in the burbs, um, but they always do a big event well. Would Melbourne ever double book Bruno Mars <laughs> and, the, and the Melbourne Cup on the same day? Seriously. Who, that, who was in charge of the spreadsheet? Surely Bruno Mars is now the NRL grand final entertainment. Uh, <laughs> it has to happen. <laughs> do you, you think have, many people would go from Everest to Bruno or two different crowds? I, no I reckon, teenage girls at Everest? I reckon, <laughs> I reckon by the, the last race, they're just getting poured into taxis and yeah. Uh, trying yeah. to get home. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine being the one who took that phone call. Uh, we've got a clash. <laughs> well, what do you mean? You had one job. There is. I think I no read clash. somewhere they were trumpeting that Bruno Mars was launching the new stadium. Like that was the, the, the big opening event. 
But correct me if I'm wrong, they've got South's first Roosters last round of the season. <clears throat> Surely that's your opening event, not Bruno Mars. Anyway, <laughs> that's a wake-up call it's for the New South Wales government. Different demographic, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Wherever you're listening to us this afternoon, uh, across the SEN network, thanks for joining us, 1170 SEN in Sydney, 693 SEN Q in Queensland and 1620 AM SEN Gold Coast, as well as uh, our listeners on the SEN app and the SEN podcast as well. So the details to get in touch, one. 300 01 1170 if you'd like to call us or send us a text 0457 736 736 and of course you'll find us on Twitter at 1170 SEN. Want to start with this one because Retro Round really does kick in today. It's not really an official NRL Retro Round, it's something that's born out of Fox Sports, isn't it? But it allows us a really good chance to go back through the years and have some great memories and see the old grainy vision and all that kind of stuff. So if there's one thing from yesteryear in rugby league that you could bring back, what would it be? Biff. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you see Origin? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I used to love particularly Origin, but but you know when you were watching one of those uh, those games that were on tilt and you are just waiting for the Biff to come yeah. and the anticipation of it, it just added another aspect to rugby league. I get it. It's, it's not a good look and we can't have that for the kids, but I miss it. <laughs> What about the magic sponge? Like what? what oh yeah. What's, oh yeah. What's in it? And like, it must have been the most unsanitary thing mm. in the history of the universe. But it just solved all ills, whether it be a concussion or yeah. a broken leg. The sponge comes Did out. They and... suck on it sometimes as well. I'm sure. I saw yeah, it. I like think I've was... seen them suck on that sponge. Oh. That is the most disgusting thing. <laughs> well, the magic sponge really was just the old uh, "let's take a break" trick. Mm. Right. Let's take a break. So yeah, I'll go. Yeah. You know, I'll hit the deck with some sort of call. When we were playing school footy, our call was "Hey Rod," and we mm. did it in the Commonwealth Bank Cup uh, one night. But one bloke actually went down. And, yeah. And but forgot the call, so it was just a, a cluster. <laughs> so we didn't know if he was injured or if he was stalling for time. <laughs> he come out with the magic sponge, give him yeah. the sponge, but he still got a sore leg, and you're yeah. like, God, it just all went pear shaped. So I reckon <laughs> the magic sponge is a good one. I would like to see the return of the corner post that you could jump over the fence, crash tackle your mates and try and get oh, and a piece of the, the corner, corner post. post. Yeah, yeah. They, they've got a camera there. They can actually follow you all the way home and <laughs> identify you. <laughs> <laughs> Retro round. So we'll talk about that today. 0457 736 736. Uh, what's one thing from yesteryear in rugby league that you'd like to see return to the NRL? Kalen Ponga, guys, uh, another concussion third this season. So, Adrian, what's the latest on this one and where does Kalen Ponga go for the rest of the year? The night season's done and dusted. Are they better off just wrapping him in, in cotton wool for the rest of 2022? Yeah, I've been on the, the phone a bit this morning. The um, early indication is that they'll probably spell him and and that would make a lot of sense. Like, there's no... He, he's signed until the end of 2027. He's their most valuable asset. You've got to put his long-term health first. Um, I can't see a lot of utility in playing him now. And you, you mentioned it's three. He's actually been off five times for a head injury assessment. Mm. On three of those occasions, he hasn't returned. And you become more susceptible the more that you, you get hit. And you just think, given what he means to that club, and, and it's a really hard balance because Adam O'Brien is, is massively under the pump. Like they're a lot closer to the spoon than the, the top eight as it stands mm. now. Um, and he needs he needs wins, but I think longer term you've got to look after the the future mm. of Kalen. He's had some bad luck, hasn't he? Yeah. Like he played in probably the most brutal Origin game we've ever seen in the history of Origin, and didn't get a head knock, and played brilliantly. But then yep. just gets that little bit of bad luck at club level, 
And the Knights without him are a basket case. Yep. They're a full-on basket case. Watching that last night, the moment Caelan Pogger went off, yep. the ref may as well have blown the full-time whistle. Yep. They're useless without him. So they, they need him so much. I, I feel sorry for Caelan. But um, I, I, if I was Caelan, thinking long-term, I, I wouldn't be playing the rest of the season. Is the worry what you were just saying about, Adrian, about the fact that now even the most innocuous hit can can rattle you in a concussion and the... The more you get them, the more susceptible you are to them. You don't need a big hit. It's exactly what happened with Will Pukowski, yep. you know, the Australian cricketer. How's he now? Well, I think he's he's okay, but I mean, mm. the the problem was that it just became the slightest knock, then became a bigger problem. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I'm no medical expert, but what's the way out of that then? Is is shelving him for the rest of the year good enough to ensure that that's not going to happen again? Yep. So he's going to be assessed. Um, I think Professor Professor Chris Levi does that work for for Newcastle and the NRL. Um, absolutely, and we've seen that with with Jake Friend, with Boyd Cordner, by the back end of their careers, only only it didn't take much to knock them out, did it? Mm, no. and, and the more often it happens, the more likely it's going to happen. So, yeah, they have to err on the side of caution, no well, doubt. I'd like to hear from our Knights fans. So the Knights are currently sitting thirteenth. Would you rather Ponga play the last five six games of the season and maybe push up to what twelfth, eleventh at best, or would you rather Ponga come back? fully rested and, and healthy next season and really make a, a, a push for the eighth. Because, I don't know, maybe Knights fans would say, no, we'd rather finish 12th or 11th. But there's there's not a heap to gain. Um, they're, also, they're also a chance of getting the wooden spoon. So, I don't know. It's a tough position. But uh, I'd personally, if I was a Knights fan, say rest him, bring him back 100% and have yeah. a real push at finals. Yeah, what's well, I mean, what's the difference? The, the problem there for... Adam O'Brien, as you mentioned, mate, is that he needs he needs wins. That's the first time How I saw this. How much pressure is he under? I saw this stat oh, this morning. It's and, growing. And look at this one. It's the first time in their 34-year history that they've lost three straight games conceding 40 points or more. Yeah. So 42, 40 to 28 by the Rabbitohs, 42-12 by the Seagulls, and then 42-12 by the Roosters. So Ooh. that's that's kind of stuff really starts to choke a coach who's under pressure. Well, well the, the biggest concern too is that for so long, when, when Newcastle is doing well, their home ground is a fortress. They've won two games there all year yeah. and they've been getting lapped there regularly. And yeah. without Kalen Ponga, like I can't see that trend, you know, um, being turned around. And, you know, I had a, look, they've they've already had to, we've had the situation with uh, Tim Glasby at that club who's had to retire due to concussions. James McManus is the other, you know, big one where he actually took, um, you know, action against the club, you know, legal action to the point where it was in the Supreme Court. Um, and what was, was the outcome of that? So in the end, um, that action was discontinued. He didn't win, so to speak. He was looking for a $1 million payout in yeah. order to, um, you know, given the um, health uh, issues that he suffered with and, and mm. uh, the help that he's had to get. I actually spoke to James McManus today about this very issue and he said that his advice to Kalen Ponger is, Get some independent medical help. Um, get assessed by someone who's not affiliated with the NRL. Yeah, and just play the long game. Yeah, and that's I, I think that that's the same, very sound advice. Is it the same club doctor still there now that was there when James was there? I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and look, there's obviously been a lot of water under the bridge, and um, the protocols have been tightened up a lot a lot since um, since James McManus's career ended. Yeah. What do they do around the halves? I mean, it's another. It's that's another sizable headache for Adam O'Brien because Milford's going to go, so he's now committed to go to the Dolphins. There's a little bit of chatter around that perhaps that marriage, unsuccessful marriage that 
tried to take place, what, in the off-season just gone or last off-season with Luke Brooks might Luke be Brooks. back on the cards? Well, well, everything's changed now because Tim Benji. Sheens... Tim Sheens is now the coach, and my understanding is that he has a high opinion of Luke Brooks, and that also that the Tigers, like he's on a million dollars next year. Yeah. So he's going to be hard to shift, but I think that if you've got someone who's prepared to pay that sort of money, and Knights are starting to creep into desperation territory, I think it's the best thing for both parties. Like they oh, have yeah. gone stale. You've got Jackson Hastings, who's been there, probably their best player, who's shifted to lock, and he's not real happy about it. He's got yeah. another year on his contract. I reckon the best thing for Luke Brooks and for West Tigers, if the Knights are prepared to stump up the cash, make the move. Make it would it. be a disaster for the Tigers if they lost Hastings to the Knights and kept Brooks and things didn't improve. Mm. There's four clubs this year that spring to mind for me that have had huge movements. Two in the positive, Cowboys and Broncos. They both signed experienced halfbacks. Two in the negative have really slid this year, Titans and Knights. They both let go of experienced halfbacks mm, in Fogarty yep. and Pierce. It's everything. It's yep. absolutely everything. So uh, the Knights for me, that, that was just pure madness letting Mitchell Pierce go or kind of even giving him a little push out the door, didn't they, in the end? Mm. Yeah, but you never release anyone unless you've got someone better to come in and replace Oh, them. yeah. It, it, there's no upside, is there? No. Nah. Last night, the Dragons uh, defeated the Seagulls 20 points to six. So this is really interesting on a number of fronts, and it leads you straight to the top eight discussion because the Roosters now go up into eighth position and Manly drop down to ninth, which means that Roosters v Seagulls this coming week is going to be a blockbuster. But then what about the Dragons? Who's more likely to sneak into the eight if, if somebody's going to come from outside the eight at the back end of the year? Is it Manly now in ninth? The Dragons now in tenth. The Raiders will be playing today. They'll be in. Uh, they're in eleventh uh, position right now, but they could join Roosters, Seagulls, Dragons on twenty competition points. Well, basically, that pa- Parramatta's lost to Brisbane. Brisbane are now definites for the top eight, and they've got a top four spot. But there is going to be a high-profile club that everyone expected to make the eight that's going to miss out, and that could be Manly, the Roosters, Rabbitohs, Eels, or even Storm. Like one, all of those won't won't make it, and one of them will miss out. And have a look at Parramatta's draw; it is diabolical. They've got Penrith yeah. next week, and they were they were in a position where if they'd won, they'd be in the top four. And now they're they're going to be fighting for their life just to make the eight. Um, I don't see the Dragons or the Raiders making it. I think um, Manly is sort of ninth, and that was a game that they needed to win. Like that. That was a, a big blow for them to lose to the Dragons. Next weekend, we've got uh, Roosters versus Manly. That's a massive game. That that could give the Roosters quite a buffer between themselves and Manly. Parra's run over the next three weeks is... Oh, they've got uh, Panthers. Manly. Panthers, then Manly at Manly, then the Rabbitohs. Yeah. They yep. could go 0-3 not in those mention, three not, games. Not to mention your doggies after. Yeah, who, who've already beaten them this season. <laughs> and then they finish off with the Broncos and Storm. Well, Matty, yeah. Adrian's a para fan. Like, what, what oh. are you – like, I'm, I'm not ready to write them off because they, they have had those big games, but how frustrating a team. You know what? They, they could potentially go and beat Penrith next – next week and that yeah. would make me even more frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Like like honestly, I need I need therapy. I need to get on a leather couch and unload and look it's I think Brad Arthur's done a remarkable job, especially, you know, given the recovery from the salary cap scandal. But I think that and perhaps you see it in the fans booing his son that they're projecting thirty six years of frustration onto him at the moment. Yeah. So that is a club that has 
a massive leagues club, a massive following, big junior nursery, a brand new stadium. It's got all these advantages. They should be winning two comps every decade, minimum. Yeah. And it's been 36 years and all of a sudden, you know, squeaking into the eight, maybe coming in sixth spot and, and going out in straight sets in the finals is not enough. So it is going to be a, a very tough period for for Brad Arthur. And this is it leads to the other question. Look, let's say for argument's sake they miss the eight or they, um, they're out in straight sets. Who replaces him? If we're assuming that Cameron yeah. Serraldo is going to go to the Bulldogs, and that's probably looking more likely than not, who's the next Cameron Serraldo? Who is the yep. next cab off the rank? Who's his assistants there at Para? Oh, there's no one there that it's – there's Paul McGregor. Yeah. And um, is it uh, – is, is it Kidwell? Murph? No, Kidwell's Kidwell. left. He's gone to, okay. to Rugby Union. Oh, I did see that. And um, yep. I think yep. it's, uh, it's Murphy there. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. – uh, we can touch on the on the coaching because I want to get your opinion about what's happening in the coaching circles in just a sec because they're all starting to those positions vacant are starting to be locked up now and they're not really the people that we thought would be getting those jobs and no. I want to know why the Shane Flanagan's of the world the Paul mm. Greens of the world the established coaches now don't seem to be in that picture but before we do that so let's just get back to that eight that top eight so the Roosters Seagulls Dragons still on twenty points. Yep. Let's say the Raiders join them this afternoon on 20 points. So we've we've now got four teams there on 20 points. Out of those four teams then, let's let's lock the others in for a top eight spot. Out of the Roosters, out of Manly, Dragons and Raiders, who would you pick to f- make that final top eight spot? Roosters. Roosters. They are coming home with a wet sail. You yeah. know what was really important last night? Their for and against now is very healthy compared to those other teams. That win last night and to blow the Knights out of the water that last half, that was actually really important for them. Really important. And this game against Manly is massive. Massive. Anything could happen. They always start relatively slowly, the Roosters, and they build into their season. And it's just taken them longer this year to get that sort of wet sail and start to come home. But I think now that momentum started to kick in and, It'll continue. If Manu was – so th- they kind of got lucky last night for selection-wise because Manu wasn't – I think he had COVID, did he? Or was – no, it was his calf injury. So he wasn't faking. He wasn't faking the injury. It was real. Um, oh, I can't but help think Manu is wasted in the centres. Well, this is the other issue. So they've got James Tedesco, who's the best fullback in the world. Then yeah. they've got Joey Manu, who's the second best fullback in the world. Yeah. I can tell you that – Joseph Swaley has ambitions to play fullback, and yeah. he will he'll bide his time, but he won't want to wait forever. Like he sees himself as a number one, and mm. and he's too good to be on the wing, you know. Once he long term, yeah, long yeah. term. So that, that, these are good headaches to have. Yeah, but you know, are you saying Manu is better than Tom Trebojevic? Well, he's better than Tom Trevojevic right now. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd get yourself out of that. I knew that's the way you were going to go. 0457 736 736 is our text line. We're talking about retro round. What's the one thing that you'd like to see come on back? The Big G says, if I could bring anything back for retro round, the old jersey designs. Panthers, pull out the old brown and white, the chocolate Oof. Panthers. Titans, old Giants jersey. <laughs> 
the Dragons playing the Steelers jersey and the old material and the old leather ball as well with the wow. white stripe around it. Imagine that in the weather now, like under these conditions, because apparently oh, yeah. the, the, the talk is that it's a, it's not so bad when it's dry, but when it's wet, like try kicking it or, or even goal kicking it. Like, uh, that, the other week when over. we were at uh, Parramatta, oh. just a question on that Parramatta Stadium, it still hasn't recovered. I was watching no. that game the other night. It still looks really bad, and which was surprising because then you watch the game down in Wollongong, and I wouldn't have thought in comparison to the Parramatta Stadium that's a yeah. state-of-the-art facility, but it held up really well. Yeah. What's the drainage it, like on that Parramatta? Park, remember how good yeah, that looked? It looks like, great. Yeah. Yeah, but Parramatta was a mess that day we were there. Yeah. Mess. The old leather balls that we used to play with with the white stripe around them were great until it did rain, and it was the stripe that made them slippery because it was just paint. Wow. So uh, we had the old resin going. I mean, I'm talking schoolboy footy, yeah, but we had the yeah, old resin yeah. going, which, we, you know, made you feel like a full-time first grader. <laughs> oh, I got <laughs> yeah. the resin going. <laughs> and you could leave it on your hands for ages, did, boys. Did, did you yep. also have the black yeah. eyeliner under the, the, yeah. the boot well, I polish did it I did it once. We played a nighttime game. It must have been under 15s or 16s because you played week weekends every yeah, week. Yeah. We played. We missed because of rain, so we played a nighttime game to catch up the game. And uh, I think it was the coach came around and he had like the rub on <laughs> boot polish, and I was playing fullback, and he put the boot polish <laughs> under my eyes. It doesn't do anything. And my eyes started watering before I run out. <laughs> and he goes, "No, no, it's fine, it's fine." And halfway through the the game, I'm just crying. It's burning my face. I come off at half time. I've got to get this stuff off my face. It doesn't work for a starter. It doesn't re- stop the reflection, but that was a massive myth. Yeah. And the world's biggest shoulder pads that we used to have yeah. as well. Yeah. I can just imagine you, Maggie, running in at half time. My mascara's running, coach. <laughs> <laughs> my mascara's running. This is not doing me any. Mark from Mortdale says, boys walking around after the game and pulling out the posters in the middle of the discarded big leagues. I don't know why you'd want oh, five yeah. posters of Dallas Donnelly, but you certainly did. That's a, <laughs> that's a good memory. Also, the footy cards. Yes. Footy, are they still around or not? Mm, not don't know. I haven't extent. seen them this year. Yeah. So, so what we used to do is we'd flick them towards the wall and yeah. whoever got closest to the wall got all the cards. Yes. But in doing so, you damaged all your, your prize possession. It was pretty <laughs> shit. They were all like mang- <laughs> Well, the other one was you'd, you'd, put a, you'd put a card up. Yeah. And you'd have to knock it down. So if you knocked, so you lean, you lean a card against the wall, and then you'd come along, and if you knocked it down, you got that, you yeah. got that particular card. So you come along, you go, I want Sterlow. So you, and as many goes as you can. So uh, that's how you, that's how you either give away a card or you collect more cards. Here's an interesting one. Jay says he wants to see the smelling salts come back. <laughs> I think I've, I might have seen a player this year. No, they still do it. Yeah, they have do you it ever? Yeah, have you ever smelt? Have you ever done it? No. Oh, so we, I was in a gym once, um, and uh, this big power lifter comes up to me. This big strong guy, and I was going for a heavy lift, and he goes, "Mate, you got to try this." Gives me the smelling salts, and I sniff it like I, I didn't know what you. So I did a big <laughs> inhale. It nearly blows, like I can't explain it until you've smelt it. It nearly blew my head off and I could not concentrate on what I was doing. And what it's meant to do is block out all your surrounds. So you're only focused in on that smell and then you kind of go off and, and perform your lift or your, your play or whatever. It's meant to block out. So it doesn't block clear out. your head or anything? Well, it's it? meant to block out all distractions because <laughs> all you can focus on is this. I'm telling you, I don't know what is in this stuff. I reckon it took years off my life expectancy. <laughs> it blew my head off. Wow. Yeah. I'd like to know what's in it. Maybe yeah. our listeners know Someone exactly. might know, yeah, yeah. yeah. 0457736736. This is Crunch Time. After the break, we'll take a deep dive into Friday Night Footy. Join us, 1300 01 1170 on the open line or hit us up on the text, 0457 736 736.
A metre out from the goal line. Walker at dummy half. He was testing to go from dummy half when they were warming up. He'll go out the back the away to Alloyer. And here comes Manly now. Josh Alloyer scores a try. And Manly finally get themselves on the board. St. George Illawarra 14. Manly 4 with a kick to come, which should be a gift. It's about to be 14 points to 6. Walker double pumps. Then he sort of lost ideas. Went back to the right. Alloyer scored the try. So they said, can you get us another one? Palms one. Oh, he almost got through them. The ball came through for Cooler, but it's gone forward. Tolakula thought he'd scored a try. Tolakola. And score remains 14 points to six. The Metricon all night. He deserves one wow. and gets one. Talatau Monet scores a try. But not, says Adam G. Dragons, we could have used this one in the end. Uh, Matthew Finai scores the try. So let's go again for Host Plus. They score the try. The kick, and he nailed it. He's absolutely nailed it, Lomax. It breaks the hearts of those 1 to 12. So, George Illawarra, 20. Manly, 6. Yeah, 20 points to 6. The Dragons beating the Seagulls last night. Welcome back to Crunch Time, brought to you by Isuzu. The Isuzu MUX is born to toe. James Magnuson, Adrian Presenko, and me, Matt White, in the chair this afternoon. Fellas, Ben Hunt. Uh, is, he, is he a lock on the Dally M? Because he was leading when, when the points went behind. Um, closed doors, and he's virtually put a put every foot right since. Stop the fight. Yeah, and every time <laughs> the Dragons play well, whether they win or otherwise, he either picks up one, two, or three points, doesn't he? So we just got to check with those two guys that work at uh, the NRL <laughs> 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 and leak the, the result. Is that that's Tal- become a nightmare for us because they used to send us embargoed copy. Yeah. Um, and now oh, yeah. we don't get it. Oh. Which, which actually limits the amount of exposure it gets in the paper the next day. Mm. So yeah. that, that fiasco hasn't helped us. Do they do or, that like with the Logies, Matt? It's like the, the person that wins the Logie, like, well, the, the, the surrounds, do they know or is it only like one? There is an embargoed um, list yeah. that goes out. Okay. But, but when you're at the Logies themselves, you don't know about that list. Okay. On one occasion, I may have been given a heads up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because the embargo had gone to the newsroom. Yeah. And it was actually it was actually good because at the time we were nominated for two separate sporting events. Yeah. And either way I was I was tasked with the job of getting them. So yeah. I had two very different sort of speeches. speeches essentially in the back of my head. One two very different sporting yeah. events. Yeah. And I got the heads up just before that it was we'd won it for one so I could what does the embargo look like when you guys got the NRL one? Does it say like strictly no betting or giving this to? Yeah, I, I got given one yesterday. Yeah. I got sent one yesterday from Motorsport that that was announcing that a driver was taking part in a certain event that that I'm a part of, and it was redacted within <laughs> a minute. Please don't use this. Wow! <laughs> don't 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 don't. So basically, he sent out the embargoed thing a little wow. bit too early. So the news is sitting there, right? You've, you've seen this a hundred times, Adrian. Yeah. The news is sitting there. It's really frustrating, Maggie, because it's in yeah. your it's in your inbox, and yeah. you know what the news is, but you can't say what it is. It's yeah. will self destruct. <laughs> it's, it's all it's all about betting now, isn't it? Like well, I, I did that SAS right. show and they had a betting market on it, and all my mates are going like, 
you know, did you make it to the end? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, what do you think I'd make it to the end? <laughs> They're like, I want to put a bit of money on that. I'm like, well, it's your money to do with what you're doing. <laughs> I, I got, got embargoed copy. Well, it happens quite often you know, for us. And it was for an awards night. And I've written yeah. this story and I've put like a million things on it, like stops, checks and balances to make sure do not publish before such and such a date. I've, I've then gone to set awards night. And somebody's pressed the wrong button in spite oh, of everything. No. Oh, and nobody gets angry it. at the person who hits the button. They, yeah. got, they get angry at you because it's got your name on. And I'm oh. like, get it off the website <laughs> oh. now. I'm sitting at the table with the winner. This is not cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is really awkward. It's this great. is it's super it's awkward. It shows great restraint that you guys can get that and not bet on it. If, if that came across my table, I'd be going... Uh, yeah. second cousin in uh, Port Macquarie, <laughs> can you put $5,000 on well, Ben Hunt to win? <laughs> that, that was an interesting one with the storm salary cap scandal because back then you could bet on the wooden spoon as opposed to most losses. Oh. So they were still. So I was chasing that story knowing that there was a good chance that they there, were was, get the spoon. there was some value there for me. Wow, and, that's and, a good one. And as it turned out, because they – obviously do investigations as to like a people getting on because they've got mail beforehand. And I just yeah. thought, I don't want my name nah, on this. No, no. There's no amount of money. <laughs> It'd be pretty obvious. Like someone with the surname Prezenko from yeah. from yeah. the ride area puts $10,000 yeah. on Melbourne Storm to get the wooden yes. spoon when they're outright first at the time. <laughs> but see, that, that, that then poses the question, what's considered mail and what's not? Mm. Yeah. Like what's well, the difference between mail and insider trading? Well, that, the, yeah. the big thing is um, Team List Tuesday was a big one where it was before it was the Wild West where you could just pick, you could put down 17 names and then just put whoever you wanted in. And yeah. it's like, especially when there was someone that would move the market, like an Andrew Johns or a Jonathan Thurston, them being in or out can, you know, they could be eight, eight to 10 points on, you know, sports tab or, or yeah. whatever they and all of, that was the really crucial piece of information people wanted and it was valuable betting information if you knew beforehand. You know what the big one is right now? COVID. Mm. So, like, I think we were on air the other week and a, and a, uh, a listener texted in and said, Nico Hines just tested positive for COVID, yep. won't play in the Sharks game. He was in Origin Camp and That's I was right. like, oh, wow. And I look at the bookies and the price hasn't changed. And then uh, I think it was half an hour later, there's a story comes out, Nico Hines not going to play, the Sharks price blows out, yep. like pushes way out. And I'm like, that's that's the insider trading right now yeah. is COVID. You can deal in COVID currency <laughs> well, <laughs> in well, the that, NRL. That was a big one because Toby Rudolph was out as well. And I, I basically waited to put my tip in. I thought, oh, those guys are out. I'm going to tip Melbourne. And, then and I they just thought, what? still won. They got slaughtered anyway. Yeah. Hey, on the text line about uh, retro round, this one says, I clearly remember when the players in our under-15 team refused to sponge put the sponge anywhere near our mouths and faces after the trainer used the magic sponge on our second row when he got need accidentally in the crown jewels. <laughs> oh, oh, that sponge well, went everywhere, didn't it? That's well, disgusting. Well, well, Miss, last week you were talking about, you know, high performance and sports and stuff. Uh, yeah. Remember when you used to go into dressing rooms before and it used to smell of Denko robe? Oh, oh yeah, That was the, yeah, the big yeah. thing. And, and yeah. Marco Mealy, he used to put it on his head of all things, yeah. but... I take it the sports science hasn't supported the continued use of Denko rub anymore. Yeah, well, Willie Mason actually spoke to me about that. He said O'Mealy would rub it all over his head, so his head was burning and it would fire him up before a game. <laughs> but the other, one, the other one you talk about how far high performance has come is uh, oranges. 
Like that's the great myth. Oranges at halftime, that's yeah. a great, uh, a great energy source. The, actually, the last thing you want when you're at, at peak performance and you're like exerting yourself so Acid. much is that level of, of acidity. <laughs> like how many how many kids are coming off with heartburn? Like, it still happens. Like when my son plays they soccer, give him they oranges? always give him oranges. Yeah. It's I a, wonder where that started. Like it should be bananas. It's, it's an easier sell than pickle bananas. juice. We should be True. coming. Yeah, yeah. We should be coming out though with a, a bunch of bananas and all the little kids are eating half a banana or something at halftime. But somewhere it must have been like a bloke that owned an orange farm or something. It was like, <laughs> I've got the thing. <laughs> I've done some research and oranges prevent fatigue. And from then on, like the stocks in oranges must have gone way up. But simply it doesn't work. Well, Des Hazel is always the best with that stuff. So he he introduced the uh, beetroot juice. Yeah, yeah, then yeah, there was yeah, the yeah. pickle juice. The calf's yeah. blood. The, the calf's blood. The yeah. other one that he, he got onto, and apparently it was called military energy gum, and it was... Chewing right. gum with caffeine that was like ten oh, times the amount yeah, of caffeine. Yeah, so yeah. it used to be they used to give it to like soldiers and snipers in war to Ooh, like to keep them awake. Ooh, okay. So apparently all these guys would be chewing. I need this some stuff. of this gum before breakfast radio. I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I reckon you fire up pretty good. <laughs> Maybe you don't. What 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 did you take before you went out? So we'd have, uh, so, so I love supplements. I was always really intrigued by supplements and uh, swimming was a late ad- adopter to supplements. So we used to have, well, I started having pre-workout, which is what blokes will have before they go to the gym. So a normal cup of coffee has got about 80 to 100 milligrams of caffeine. We'd, we'd have a scoop of this pre-workout and it'd have 300 to 500 milligrams of caffeine. So you're talking like four or five cups of coffee in one hit, and then you'd just be buzzing um, before you went and race. So it was literally, it was pretty much just caffeine. But I remember I raced at the New South Wales State Champs one day, and uh, Asada came down to yeah. see me on pool deck, and they said, oh, we've had a report that you're using banned substances. I was <laughs> like, what are you talking about? They're like, people, people have reported you and said you're using banned stuff because people supplements were just starting to catch on a bit. And it was I was having this blue drink, which was a pre-workout before I race. It was getting me up and about. But my last competition I did, which was a Commonwealth Games in 2018, I reckon 95% of the the team was now having that pre-workout before they raced. So everything just takes time to adapt and to to kind of filter down to um, the rest of the team. Is creatine, that was a big thing. Mate, I've had creatine every day of my life since I was about 13. I swear by it. Wow. Increases your strength, increases your recovery. I've literally had it every day of my life. Um, and anyone, any young kid that um, or, or parent that asks about supplements, the first thing I get them onto is is creatine. He was four foot two as a kid. Creatine's <laughs> 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 work wonders. He's now, remember the cappuccino kid? Do you remember the story of Alex Watson, the modern pentathlete who was no. he was banned from the soul for having coffee. Yeah, excessive levels of, of caffeine. Was that, was George Gregan. He was bad. He was he was pentathlete. Yeah. yeah was, um, so he was banned from the '88 games for excessive levels of caffeine. Then whoa. cleared his name and ended up going back to the '92 Barcelona games. What's considered excessive? Uh, you know when you have too many cups of coffee and you get shaky? Yeah. That's if you have too much pre-workout. Oh boy! Whoa. <laughs> I remember that Alex Watson thing. It was yeah, big deal. At it was the time. a massive, massive story at the time. We need to talk about the Roosters and the Knights. We'll do that after this break. The Roosters forty-two points to twelve over the Knights. Joey Johns not happy after that. More of that on uh, Crunch Time. 
Welcome back to the program. Matt White, Adrian Prasenko, James Magnus in here. So Alex Watson, the cappuccino kid, over a 12-hour period in the fencing event in the 1988 game. So you were spot on, mate. Um, the 12 hours of the fencing event reckons that they had up to 10 to 12 cups of coffee. Mm. Who fences for 12 hours? You'd need a couple of cappuccinos, <laughs> wouldn't you? Yeah, 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 big time. That's the thing, right? Like, in, And with, with a sport like that where you've got to be out for 12 hours, mm. you can't get to hour 9, 10, 11 and be tired. So he's probably just having cups of coffee to stay up and about. He did an interview where he said the whole point of it was to stop people taking caffeine in massive doses but they told us, the athletes, before we left at a team meeting, that we cannot fail the caffeine test by taking caffeine in normal form via chocolate, Coke or caffeine, as in Coca-Cola. And the, the other interesting thing was they were getting the coffee from the open hospitality booths at the fencing venue. So literally just walk, <laughs> they just literally walk it over going, anyone got wow. a cappuccino for me? Oh, wow. And he got sent Our home times have changed. mid-games. If you had an athlete now stroll over to, like, the, the, <laughs> the cappuccino tent, they get swamped by a million people wanting selfies. Exactly. Alex Watson was one of the favourites at the time too, wasn't he? He was in a position to win a medal, and yep. that was the second. The fencing was the second last event yep. of the pentathlon and he'd shot in the shooting event and Maggie and I were just talking about this so this is where the whole caffeine thing doesn't make any sense because in the shooting part of the event you want to be as still as you can if you're yeah. if yeah. you're ramped on on cappuccino yeah yeah you want something to calm you down for the shooting that's right he shot heard... 196 out of 200 wow. Alex on your show yeah you did the Matty Johns one yesterday mm. Andrew Johns I reckon spent half the show talking about his medicinal marijuana yeah <laughs> It's, it's so all he, he talked about all show. Big that off the top. Big into that off the top, Joey. Oh, man. <laughs> Might explain why he was so grumpy last night. <laughs> it should be the other way. He's had, he's had a bit to be grumpy about, hasn't he? Uh, like he has. He, he had his cranky pants on after Origin and yeah. being the halves coach at uh, Newcastle. Oh, man. But you'd, you'd need a, a little bit of something, wouldn't mm. you? Do? Well, it sounds like he's having plenty, just quietly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a listen to Joey. So the Roosters absolutely trounced the Knights. 42 points to 12 at McDonald Jones Stadium. That's another part of this uh, discussion because they just have not fronted up at home this year at all. Well, the Roosters are in third gear, really. They, they turned it on for a while, but they just they're running without fear, just pulling through the defensive line. Tedesco looked like it was you know, the big kid playing against the small kid. He was out of this world, but just without... Kalen Ponger on the field for Newcastle. They lack uh, punch, creativity, speed. It was just an ordinary performance. I could say worse things, but it was just ordinary hopeless. Gee, the uh, medicinal. He's got to up the dosage to Alex Watson's style levels. <laughs> Hasn't calmed him down. So, uh, look, and we touched on this before. A couple of key things come out of this. Kalen Ponga goes off um, after just eight minutes, and that's going to change the, 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 the course of any Newcastle game at the moment. But where do they go from here? What, what do they do from here? We're, we're assuming that Ponga's going to be rested for the rest of the season. So 2022 is gone. And on reflection, to your words, Miss Isle, it has been a basket case this season for the Knights. So what are they going to do over the next six weeks of the competition and then in the off-season? So Tex Hoy's leaving the club. Milford's leaving. Um, Pogner's probably not going to play again. Or that there's a chance that if you know you might only get one or two games in, if any at all. Mitch Barnett gone. Mitch Barnett's gone. There's, they've come to a crossroads, they? Sign haven't they? Someone? They signed someone. I'm forgetting who it is now. Jack Hetherington. Ah. From the yeah, Bulldogs. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> he's going to be good for every fourth game. In one week, out for four. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't know. They've, they've got an unusual balance in their squad, right? So they've now got 
three uh, rep front rowers in Clemmer and two Saifides. Uh, Tyson Frizzell, another rep back rower. Um, they've got a lot of money in in their forwards, which has kind of put their, their squad a bit out of whack. Um, the back line and their spine is, I don't know, pretty light on. Mm. And Dane Gagai got marched too for... For the second time that we've seen in, pre- in recent weeks where a referee's just gone, no, nah, I'm not putting up with it, see you later. And um, he was just giving Peter Goff a mouthful. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line. Chris from Rose Bay's giving us a call on crunch time. G'day, Chris. G'day, guys. I do have a question about the lodge tackle last night. Um, at the press conference afterwards, Craig Robinson said he thought he got him on, on the chest first and the arm came up. And... I've had a look at it six times and it, it just hit him in the head. Now, it looks fairly innocuous from the front. From behind, you sort of saw Caleb's head go back. But to me, the bottom line is this guy's now out for the whole game. Um, Lodge did get him in the head. It was reckless. I mean, it was lazy. Um and nothing's happened, or is anything going to happen? Well, well Chris, he's been charged with a, a Grade 1 high tackle careless. Um, it's his second offence. He'll get off with eight, an $1,800 fine with an early guilty plea, uh, which you'll no doubt take. Um, I thought the the contact with Ponga was fairly minimal, and it goes back to our point previously in that he's just become so susceptible to even the slightest knock. So I think that's about on the money. Like I, I didn't think it was that, that bad. Yeah, it was... Look pretty accidental, but um, the, the the people that get penalised, right, is the Knights. They lose a player for the rest of the game. Mm. And the rest of the season. Chris? Yeah, I, I, I sort of thought it looked pretty innocuous at first, but I've just been thinking about it, and I thought, well, hang on here. I think his coach's defence was that, you know, he hit him in the chest first and it came up, which was clearly wrong. Um, and... and I look at the consequences of what happened. And then I look at the size of Lodge. I mean, they said the same thing when, I think it was um, a couple of years ago when Jared Wurie Hargraves got him late after he kicked the ball. And eventually Jared got three weeks and Caleb was knocked out in that game as well. And that was, you know, some people were still saying then that, well, it wasn't that bad. But when you're twice the size of the opposition, do you take that into account or, or not? I mean... No, well, I don't, I don't think they do, do they? And, and again, it probably comes back to that that consistency call. I mean, we'd love to see consistency, but we're just never going to find it in the game. Yeah, they, they, there is a provision. Like the match review can, committee can take into account the injury suffered by the person on the other end. Yeah, but um, not yeah, the size made, discrepancy, though. No, no, that's no. that's right. And, yeah. and the fact that it's Matt Wadgie tends to attract a bit more attention. <laughs> right. he's, he's got a bit of form on and off the field with good, uh, this sort of stuff. Good on you, Chris. Appreciate the call. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line, or text us oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. This is crunch time. Brought to you by Asusu. Tugging the dog tighter than I hug my children at times, and it was just <laughs> great to see how um, how much it meant to them. So they proceed to the final, and then we had two heats at Wagga last night as well, and two Victorians. Robbie Rotten uh, got up in the first heat, and then a dog by the name of Power of Buddy absolutely annihilated the track record at Wagga, not just uh, by a whisker, three lengths in it, which is a huge margin in greyhound racing. So those two will come up to Goulburn next week for the final, um, as well as a couple of winners from heats at Tamora. So 50000 bucks next Friday going to the winner of the first ever Southern Stars Series. Yeah, and we got the Cannonball as well. So the Heats last night at Richmond, the finals next week, and that's 25 grand. And just quickly, mate, Wenty Park tonight. Have we got any tips? 
Yeah, we sure do. Race four, number eight, Super Estrella. Class dog, deserves to be favourite. Get this, in her last, in her 61 starts, boys, she's placed or won on 52 occasions. So she's a model of consistency. Race four, number eight, you probably get about two bucks. And then race 11, number four, Fire Legend. This is a race for the Masters, for the old dogs, uh, but Fire Legend's in really good form. So I reckon he is a good bet as well. Hopefully we can fill up the pockets ahead of the Tony Mestrov farewell tour. <laughs> race four, number eight, race 11, number four. Good on you, Simon. Have a great week. You too, guys. Hooroo. The the home of everything greyhound racing in New South Wales. Don't forget to stay with us right here on SEN from uh, 2 o'clock this afternoon. So another hour of crunch time, and then we'll roll straight into the Raiders v Warriors at GIO Stadium. So Anthony Seabold and Mark Spud Carroll will be joining me for the call from 5 o'clock, the Queensland Cup, Northern Pride v South Logan Magpies. And from next Friday, make sure you join, make sure you join myself and the Missile Full coverage missile. We're going deep for the Commonwealth Games coverage at Birmingham every night from 7 o'clock. I'm looking forward to that. Are you going to roll out some multis like we did in the uh, Olympics (laughs) coverage? Yeah. Multis galore for the uh, Commonwealth (laughs) Games. This is one that the bookies don't know too much about. Ah, So you get a bit of value. Um, four hours of Com Games coverage will be interesting. We might be covering Caffeine. like the yeah, mm. might be covering the like military the, energy gum. I'll get some off Des Hasler. Yeah, by <laughs> hour three it'll be like the the Nigerian field hockey team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure where that's going to go, but we'll, we'll get there. First week we'll be heavy in swimming. All swimming, the, the, yeah, the heats yeah. will be on the the finals of first thing in the morning about three or four o'clock or something. So yeah, we'll well, you watch the the Australian women will take out just about every gold medal in the pool. I reckon. Yeah. I agree. Um, once we line up with Ariane Titmus, Emma McKeon, Kaylee McEwen, yep. it'll just be an absolute gold rush. We'll smash-a-thon. All right, all that's still to come. We need to take a break, some news, and then the second and final hour of Crunch Time. Welcome back to the second hour of the program. Thanks to Isuzu. The Isuzu MUX is born to tow. You can join us, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, or on the text line, 0457 736 736. Matt White, Adrian Presenko, James Magnuson here for the next hour before we roll into coverage of the Raiders v Warriors. We've got plenty to get through, plenty of your text still here around Retro Round as well. So we threw it out there. What's one thing that you'd like to see come on back for Retro Round? Now, Maggie, you're starting to think about jerseys and sponsors. Yeah, so I've just been Googling in the break uh, some retro jerseys. I looked at my old team, the Bulldogs. They've got a really cool one with HFC Finance, big sponsor on the front. There's another Hyundai one, looks really cool. Uh, West Magpies have got a cool one, Victor Lawnmowers. <laughs> Victor Lawnmowers. <laughs> yeah. See, this is the thing because a lot of people identify their rugby league jerseys. I certainly did as a Manly fan growing up. Who was up. it? Wormold. It, it was Pioneer and then it was Wormold and then it was ADT for a while, which was weird. Then what's, Pepsi. What's ADT? They were a security firm. Okay. Yeah. I think so, they've got a Bing company on their thing at the moment. Yeah, they've had it for mm. about he he's been a sponsor for like two decades now, the URM. URM. Yeah, 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 yeah. I looked that up while I was watching it one day. I was like, What's URM? And then I looked it up and it was like garbage. I was Trash. like, oh, they, yeah, fitting. They do all, <laughs> they, do <laughs> <all> the, <laughs> they do all the garbage in the northern beaches. Yeah, yeah. So United Resources. This is a cool one. So South Sydney had Smith's crisps. They did. That's a really cool one. Yeah. I like that. But yeah. the thing about the sponsor, right, on the front of the jersey, has to match the colour scheme of the jersey. I was just saying to you boys in the break, Bulldogs had Kia for a while and there's a big red Kia in yeah, the middle of a blue and white jersey, whereas this HFC Finance is perfect. It's got blue background, white writing. Um, para, 
Adrian, who, who's some big name sponsors well, for them? James Hardy's the iconic one, but mm. just that whole uh, James issue. Hardy is in the fashion brand. <laughs> yes. No, as no, in, no, no. James Hardy as in the building uh, company. Oh, materials. okay. Uh, I don't know. The, I don't the, know. The asbestos link. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. Sours that somewhat, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that you guys. Who had Penfolds was the famous grouse. Oh, yeah. Remember yes. that? Who was that? The famous grouse. And now I'm going back at Fairwall. The Is, Broncos just have a big one here that just says power. Yeah, that was the beer. Ah, yeah. there's beer yeah. called Power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, pretty cool. What yeah. about uh, Canberra? Is it still Canberra Milk? Like, remember, yeah, that was yeah. A it changed this year. It? It's not there again this year. That, the Steelers had BHP Steel. They did. That, that fits now that very fits. nicely. Remember the Henny Penny Knights? Yep. The Henny Penny Newcastle Knights? Do you remember all them? The, nah, nah. All <laughs> the all the Roosters ones here seem to be City Ford. Yeah. What, um, what about the actual material itself? Like back back in the day, the jerseys used to weigh about five kilograms, mm, mm, and now yeah. they wear these like ones that are almost spray on that you almost have to cut the yeah. players out just to get it. I've got of. a feeling it was it was Chris Anderson who was one of the one of the four um, goers when it when it came to making the the jerseys much more streamlined and, and tighter. Mm, yeah, I've okay. got a feeling I, that he. I might remember have. seeing Willie Mason getting cut. They had to cut his origin jersey because it was so yeah. tight that he couldn't take it off afterwards. You sure it wasn't his mud guts? <laughs> <laughs> what about some I of the... listening, Willie. <laughs> but some of the, some of the swimsuits are, are oh, hard to get yeah. in. Oh, yeah, out of control. Yeah. Oh, man. Like when they had the full three suits, that's like 30 minutes to put on a suit. Wow. Um, but in talking innovation, so Forbes Carlisle, yes. who passed away recently, he, in, he was an Australian swim coach, Adrian. He invented the shave down. So shaving the legs, mm. yeah, wow. which was must have been revolutionary in swimming, right? Mm. One one year they come out and they got the big hairy chest. I don't know <laughs> what era do you reckon? That was yeah. probably fifties, sixties. And that was just wow. the East German women. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, and then the, um, then the next year they come out, smooth chests, no underarm hair. Wow. Um, but if it takes you thirty minutes to get into those suits, and like if you want to have a nervous pee just before your race, oh that's nightmare, a massive issue, nightmare. Like the amount of times I went into a, a, a race busting to go to the toilet and holding it. You just have to hold it. Yeah, wow. Like what do you walk out and piss your pants on international television? Um, come I had, on, and, come and, on, you waited till you got in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, imagine that. You, you dive in the front of the 100 freestyle and just get this release. So you you didn't spend much time in the super suit though, did you? In no, the, the... no, just, just the very back end of my age group swimming, so sort of 17, 18. But I didn't get those, you know, remember those, those real shiny, ones yeah. I think they're about a thousand bucks a suit you could only wear them for one race so only the tippity top of uh of international swimmers wow. wore them um but the other one with the the suits in swimming malfunctions galore so people like having rips and tears and yeah. stuff and I used to wear mine super small and tight I think it might have been a state champs in Melbourne and uh I bent over while I was in the marshalling area just to do a bit of a stretch and it ripped right up the crutch and it wasn't a very important race. And I just, I looked out to see how many people in the stands. And I was like, ah, that's enough. So I just walked away, packed up the gear and I was like, we're not racing. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to all those suits? If they're only single use, did you literally what, chuck them in the chuck bin? Chuck them after? in the bin. Wow. One use, chuck them in the bin. Um, it, it, like $1,000, $1,200 a pop. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I had a superstition when I was swimming uh, with just the shorts we wore. from Probably from about 2010 to about 2015-ish, uh, I had a superstition where I'd only wear a suit once. 
Um, so like a, a, a racing week at a world champs, heats, semis, finals, plus relays, I might have like nine or 10 races. Yep. So I go through say 10 suits a week. Um, and they were still about 600 bucks a pop. Um, so all the kids in like the local swim club or whatever would get a, a new suit each every time <laughs> I came back from a, a big meet. Yeah. <laughs> You just got to be the same size as him to make yeah. sure that we are a little sure stretched. <laughs> all these poor little kids walking around. Yeah, these big some floppy suits. Text us in though if you do remember who's who's the major sponsor on your favourite jersey for Retro Round. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I for as a manly fan, I go back. I think it's the era that you became attached mm. to your team. Quite yeah. often. So so Warmold, for instance, made no sense to me as a young bloke. Yeah. But it was there. What is that? It was a uh, it was a fire retardant company. It was like, it was <laughs> Obviously big. very successful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that was the jersey that had, you know, that Graham yeah. Eady was wearing. Yeah, and, I, yeah, and, I, yeah. and I went, that's yeah. that's the I think one the one I, I remember, I think it was Terry Lamb had a Hyundai jersey. I think I remember that. I just saw another one, Roosters Samsung. Yes. That's a big name sponsor. I the, my favorite Parramatta jerseys actually when they went through all that scandal and they didn't have a sponsor and it was just a coin skin or they just had 1947 oh, yeah. on it. Oh, yeah. It was oh, actually yeah. nice to not have, you yeah, know, be cool. a walking billboard. It was really cool. Mm. All right, let us know. 0457 736 736. Gavin from Penrith says, for retro round, we should scrap the video ref and bunker. Yeah, Gavin. Wow. <laughs> it'll, cause, it'll cause a big stir and just maybe everyone will appreciate it more. Mm. So that's, that's not a bad shout, is it? Yeah. If you could... So instead of just going back to an old jumper or putting on a 1970s <laughs> suit and getting the hair going, you could have a retro round where the fans get to vote on one thing that they can remove from the game. Scrap technology. And just do it from a game that's kind of inconsequential. Like the Bulldogs play the Titans this weekend. Nothing much to come from that game rather than us uh, burying the Titans. But uh, a game like that where there's nah, nothing on the line, scrap the bunker, scrap the video ref. I think people would like it just in case yeah. – because you're not going back and just focusing on it or, you know, a decision's yeah. made, line up the conversion, let's go. Yeah. Some of those captain's challenges where you end up watching five, six oh. replays. And, again, it's like – it's inconsequential to the, the outcome of the game. Like it's mm. towards the end and the team's trying to soak up time so they challenge and knock on or something. You just go, oh, come on. Mm, yes, I, get, I can hear your frustration there, Mr. <laughs> um, now, Victor Radley, what do we make of this? So he commits to play for England at the end of year for the World Cup, um, obviously been teetering around New South Wales origin camps, but won't be now. So New South Wales is off the table. We've got Jerome Luai and Brian Toto going to play for Samoa. They both, of course, played origin the last couple of series. And Felice Kafusi has joined in saying that he's going to play for Tonga at the World Cup. He's already played for Australia four times and um, the Tongans three times as well. So it's it's a bit of a hodgepodge, isn't it, Adrian? Mm. It is. Well, the eligibility laws for the World Cup could well be changed after it insofar as, you know, Tonga at the moment is a tier two nation and yet they've beaten all of the major uh, nations and uh, ranked number two in the world. So how does that work? Yeah. Um, so because England is a tier two, tier one nation, Radley can't play for New South Wales and for England. Yeah. But he, if he was, he, he could play for New South Wales and Tonga, and Tonga. if he so, yeah, if he if he uh, was eligible. So mm. it's um yeah it's a strange one. And, and look, yeah, there's a lot of those Penrith guys as you mentioned will um, commit to Samoa. Um, a lot of the teams are being named already, but some of them are having a dollar each way. I mean, for instance, Italy is going to name 
James Tedesco, but clearly he's not going to be Go on, Teddy. Italy. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to do it for his father the way uh, yeah. <laughs> Boo Radley decided to do it for his. I'm, I'm split 50-50 down the middle, and this is why I'm split. I'm, I'm really torn and I can't decide. I've grown up being uh, huge on origin and international football. It's played at the end of the year. I don't really care that much. I don't have that much interest in it. So I'm split 50-50 because I'm not sure what, as a game, we should be more interested in. Do we pump up the international game and then these World Cups suddenly become a really big, really competitive event, which would be a great spectacle? Or is Origin the pinnacle? Um, which or, or does it continue to be the pinnacle? And the World Cup and international games are just sort of uh, almost sideshows tucked onto the end of a season. I think the demographics of the game have changed so much since Origin started. So almost uh, half the participants in rugby league are Polynesian. They have a Polynesian yeah. background. A lot of them are uh, are born in Australia. They they're eligible for both and. I like the idea if that you can't make the Australian squad that you can go and play for Tonga, Samoa, Cook Islands because that only means that you get the best players for the World Cup and that raises interest in it. I'm, I'm sort of with you, Missile, on this one. I, I can't really – I'm split 50-50 down it because going back to the Tier 1, Tier 2 argument, all I hear when International Rugby League is brought up is how much we need to build International Rugby League. Yeah, that, that's that's the fallback every time. So these international rugby league needs to grow. These nations need to be um, given everything they can, and all the support needs to go there, which is a really fair argument. But state of origin is the biggest thing the game's got. It's a juggernaut. It's the biggest thing that the game's got. Yeah, it's the most watched games. Well, three of the most watched things on on television in Australia each and every year. It's the biggest product that rugby league has got. The NRL has got. So why not put why not put all of the emphasis there first? Yeah. And and then the argument will be, well, that's going to be at the expense of building up but, the international team. So it's it, it's the can, can scales not, of justice. Can you not do both, though? Like, does Jerome Woolwai playing for Samoa make his involvement for New South Wales any less special? I mean, I, I, I can't no. see how that's a, an issue. I mean, if you can do both, then that's fantastic. So, yeah. So I, I think Jerome Luai is... Given that he was born in Australia and has played all his football in Australia, he's an easier example. Um, they like the the Tal Malolo one has come up a few times. I think he moved here when he was thirteen or fourteen. That that wouldn't feel right to me. Him playing Origin, um, and I know people will be offended by that, but there's no way when you move to Australia at thirteen or fourteen that your lifelong dream has been to play State of Origin because you probably didn't really watch it before you move to Australia, right? Mm. So the thing that keeps Origin so good is the passion and the, the the intensity of it. Do you lose a bit of that if you get blow-ins for, for Origin? I don't know. And again, for, for me, the, the, the way I kind of justify it at the moment, if you said to me, here's, here's free tickets to the World Cup final coming up at the end of the year and here's free tickets to the State of Origin uh, decider, which do you want to go to? I, I pick State of Origin... 10 out of 10 times. That's that's why you've got to give Jason Taumalolo a lot of credit. At, at the time, yeah. Origin was worth $30,000 a game, $90,000 for three games. Could he have played? Yeah, he could have played. And yeah. he he made the decision that it was more important for him to to go over and, and represent Tonga when basically they were getting paid nothing. Like, you know, they were yeah. lucky to get a per diem. Um, every you know, on any any tour, like sometimes that it would cost them money to to pull on that jersey, and then Andrew Fafita also came across, yeah, and everyone started to get on board, and and he has built that up so much as a result. I, I think 
you know, footy's, footy's the better for it. He could, he could have had it oh, both yeah, ways. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm. Definitely. And you're right. That's That was 90 grand back then. That was 30. So what, it's 15 now. Yep. And that was 30 grand for each match that you're playing. That's a that's a yeah. big one to walk away from. You walk away from five years, there's almost half a million bucks. Yep. There you go. Uh, Eels Muzz has jumped on the text line. He said, Warmold is Australia's largest fire protection organisation back in the day, Australia's first true multinational company. That's, is that an employee of <laughs> <laughs> Another texter likes the Pepsi and the Manly jumper, but now Pepsi Max, much like how the game is softer. How many people would drink Coke just just because they didn't want to drink anything associated with man? Yeah. <laughs> was Pepsi the sponsor in the 95 grand final against the Bulldogs? I've got an image in my head of was Pepsi. They were there in 96. Definitely 96. They were definitely there in 96. Yeah, okay. We'll have to go back and have I haven't watched the 96 one because shock horror. <laughs> <laughs> the Bulldogs weren't in that one, so I wouldn't watch that one. 0457 736 736 is the text line. Or give us a call. 1300 01 1170 is the open line. What do you think about the rules of eligibility for State of Origin? Should Victor Radley, for instance, be okay to play for England and for New South Wales, or is it uh, a little bit of a hodgepodge? Let us know your thoughts around that. And retro round as well. The best jumpers that you can think of, tie them up with the sponsors back in the day. I remember Electronic Sales and Rentals sponsoring the Bulldogs, Maggie, way before your time. Yeah. I even remember the number, 6480100. Oh, wow. That is successful marketing, <laughs> well, that isn't it? Very good. That is good marketing. I'm not going to sing the theme song for you. It's 18 minutes after 1 o'clock, more after this. Yeah, thanks to Isuzu. The Isuzu D-Max is born to toe as well. James Magnuson, Adrian Prisenko and Matt White with you. Uh, up until 2 o'clock today and then Siebes and Spud will join me for the call of the Raiders v Warriors this afternoon as uh, round 19 continues. Let's go straight to the open line. Jace from North Parramatta is on the line. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Good afternoon to you, Jace. Oh, good afternoon, Whitey, and to uh, Miss Ol and Adrian as well. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, the first thing is, uh, yeah, I'm a Warriors supporter, so DB Bitter is the uh, <laughs> That's right. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what was that like? Um, uh, it was all right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a glowing sounds recommendation. Like, it sounds it was very bitter, not just DB Bitter. There's a reason it's not on the, on the, on the jersey anymore. Wow. <laughs> It probably it probably went hand in hand with the style of football that they were playing. But, uh, um, uh, they were pretty good back then, but um, but yeah, that was my favourite and the thing that stood out. Um, I, I actually want to jump in on the chat that you guys have had about the state of origin and eligibility and things like that. Um, uh, one of the things, and I'm, without going into the ticks and tacks with you know who's eligible, I mean I guess the powers that be will make those determinations. But um, what I'd point out is that uh, by prioritising state of origin, which is understandable because it is the, you know, the golden goose and the, the biggest cow that gives the best milk um, over international rugby league around scheduling, um, making it three games in the middle of the season with the most eyeballs. Uh, but, but the muted movement of international rugby league to the end of the year... Uh, it basically, I look at it as a person that plays really well in state of origin raises their profile. It also raises, you know, by extension, their ability to increase their player value. Now, um, when it comes to international football, you know, we all know that Joey Manu played awesome in the recent test at uh, Standoff, and he's done really well and he's done it for um, for the Roosters. But if he was able to do that during the middle of the year 
um, his profile would just go through the roof. But he's just one, you know, and, and mm. that's what I think with the eligibility, it actually doesn't allow people that aren't eligible to play State of Origin to give them that platform. Now, well, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, imagine how big Roger would have been if he had played mm. Origin. Sonny Bill, oh, Origin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, again, it's a tough one uh, because I come from country, New South Wales, and kind of have this uh, protection of Origin and keeping it quite insular. But uh, potentially for it to keep up with the international game, it may need to allow itself to expand eventually. Well, I mean, the whole concept was state against state, mate against mate, right? And mm. the whole... The whole path, the pathway that, that you're sort of protective of about used to be you play well for your club, you go city country, so you yeah. get you go through city country, you go into New South Wales or Queensland, you play well in state of origin, you end up in an Australian jersey. So that that was the very simple pathway that, that state of origin was born on essentially and you're right. Now it's a it's very very different scenario for those players playing the game. As yeah. Much, as much as I would have loved to have seen Sonny Bill Williams versus say Sam Burgess mm. in in an Origin game, I, I, I'm glad that they're not in it because they don't connect with the jerseys. And I think you look at that Queensland team and what they achieved. They obviously have a huge connection uh, with the jersey. They. It's something that they always wanted to do. Otherwise, you couldn't have performed and, and played out of your skin the way they did. What's the uh, so the only way I can see this being levelled up, right? Is I think they're potentially going back to thirty thousand a game next year for Origin. The only way to even it up and make sure people are playing who they're playing for, who they're passionate for, is to have even money across all forms of the game, right? So, what, what does a New Zealand player get for a Test match? I read somewhere, I think, the, an Australian player got 20K for a test match. Yeah, that used yeah. to be the, the going So is right. a, a Kiwi get 20K as well? It'd be less than that. It, mm. it, okay. But I think, I think, for instance, with the upcoming World Cup, the Tongan government is actually investing the best part of a million dollars into this World Cup campaign to make sure that the players actually get not only the, the right preparation and all the high-performance stuff that they need, they're also going to get paid really well as well, mm. um, almost on par to the, the kangaroos. Good on wow. you, Jace. Uh, thanks for your call. Good luck this afternoon, mate. Make sure you stay tuned because we've got that call coming up of your Warriors against the Raiders. In fact, the Warriors have beaten Canberra three out of the last four times they've played Bogey at 10. GIO Stadium. So there's a little bit of history there, Jace, that you might like to tap in on this afternoon. Broncos on Thursday night were very impressive at Combank Stadium against your Eels. Adrian, 36 mm. points to 14. So let's talk about Brisbane first up and their performances this year and the turnaround this year and Adam Reynolds delivering. I mean, everything's just gaining, gaining momentum at the right time for, for Brisbane. Absolutely. And, and Kevy's done a good job of bringing them together. Yeah. I was actually, I, I questioned the decision to extend his tenure by an, an extra year Me at too. the same time as they did with coach Griffin at, at, at the Dragons. Um, but it's worked in one instance and not in the other. So and Brad Arthur, they did at the same time, didn't they? Well, the interesting thing with him, they've given him two. They gave him two mm. more years. So mm. all of a sudden, if if it doesn't go very well for them, then you know that's that's a much bigger payout. But I, I just thought that the kicking game of Adam Reynolds, like he he obviously got the better of Mitchell Moses. The, the, mm. There was one point that the. the thing that stood out for me in that game and I was yelling at the TV I'm sitting there with my son watching the game so Parramatta are trying to come back in the second half like that the game and the season is slipping away and there needs to be some urgency shown and Sean Lane makes a break down the left yep. 
and then he looks left and he and he you know throws the ball and it was a bit of a speculator. I guess it was that point of the game where he had to do it because they were chasing points, and there's no one there. And I look back and Wanga Blake is like 25 meters yeah. off the Walking. pace. Just, just jog, jogging back, getting yep. a breather, and and that more than anything absolutely infuriated me. Like you're chasing the game, you're chasing points, and he thought that this is an opportune time for me to have a little bit of a gas bar. Yep. Like it was, that can't happen. I don't think they're getting much from their outside backs, to be uh, to be honest. Um, I, I find yeah that that a real weakness for them. The, the defense of those outside backs too, like they rush up and in at all costs. Sometimes, like the, the Mitch Moses one, when he rushed up and in last night, I was like, there was nothing on there and you just created this huge hole and the Broncos strolled through it. Um, well, well, I think I think Wanga Blake's been a disappointment in so far yeah. as he's, he's an outstanding athlete, but you don't, you sort of feel that he's not a footballer, like he doesn't have great football sense. And the Parramatta Eels, particularly when they play teams that attack on the edge as well, like South Sydney, yeah. they always get picked apart on they the edges. They pick him apart. Yeah, um, they do. And, and, and that's been the case when Blake Ferguson was there. Um, mm. And there's a big reliance on Mike Acevo, and we've talked about it before. Like, you know, They need him to score like a whole heap of tries in the back end of the year if they're to have any hope. What was the midweek camp all about for Parramatta? It's a strange one. So they've gone to the Central Coast for a It's not even that far up. for a starter. Uh, yeah, yeah. And go to Queensland where it's warm. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure that, you know, what do you get by making the trek up, up the M one? Like don't at know. this time of year for a for a short period. And they said like Brad Arthur was saying, Oh, we haven't you know, we haven't had any big team meetings or anything like that and well if that's not the case then why do it? <laughs> like It's the worst. Sometimes yeah. like as an athlete uh, routine and habits are everything and sleeping in your own bed, eating your own cooking, yeah. having those things around you is really important for your preparation. I don't understand it. It's well, a bizarre one the, for me. The interesting thing is that they spent so much time in the last two years in bubbles and there's mm. the threat of potentially having to go back in one. You guys are going to be in each other's pockets yeah. all the time. And you've spent the two last, years together. The, yeah. I mean, if you're not tight enough and bonded enough already, you should be bonded like super glue by now. So yeah. I, I reckon, yeah, it was strange work. On that, how much how much do you think there is a, there's a, a growing need or case for the NRL, especially as they head to finals? to make sure that COVID, which is rampant, doesn't break in again. Oh, well, I, I, I think the NRL shouldn't even have to mandate it. I think the teams, like, running into the final should be doing that themselves just because they want to make sure everyone's available. They probably will, won't they? Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think you need head office to say, like, don't go out and wear masks and don't leave the house. Like, they should be taking every precaution, especially in the back end of the year. Just a little funny one on the Brad Arthur interview. Um, he kept saying in that interview... Uh, I'm I'm not going to be leaving the the Parramatta Eels. I only live seven minutes up the road. <laughs> Did you watch that? They replayed it on NRL 360, and I was watching. Yeah. It. And he said it twice, and I was like, "Oh, okay." So it's about convenience. For you, <laughs> <laughs> I live seven minutes up the road. I was like, "Alrighty then." <laughs> yeah. Location, you location, you location. Don't, you don't want to fight peak hour traffic going to yeah. Dragons or you know, Newcastle yeah. or any of that sort of stuff. That's right. Especially oh. after a loss. Yeah, exactly. It's a long road trip home. <laughs> so funny. On a serious matter, um, it appears that, uh, that Mitchell Moses and the threats that were there, the two young teenagers have been 
um, apprehended about that. So we can put that one to bed. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's just that's lunacy, isn't it? So it's basically two two ki- two teenagers, one fifteen, one sixteen from yeah. Sydney Southwest that that made those threats. Not it, it wasn't directly to Mitch Moses; it was to his family, which is worse. So, mm. but when he played against the Warriors, he wouldn't have known that there were a couple of imbecile fifteen-year-olds no. or whatever. Like he, and that's why the NRL took it so seriously. So I thought he actually had a pretty reasonable game against the Warriors, considering yeah. he had to do that and endure the security and police escorts and the riot squad and everything else. But Maybe the uh, punishment for those two, put uh, those two guys in a room with Mitch and Mr. Moses, his, his old man, and let them uh, deal out some punishment. <laughs> <laughs> old school. Well, they'll, be, they'll be treated under the Young Effect, Youth Offenders Act, which basically means they'll get a caution. Yeah, slap on the wrist. Slap yeah. on the wrist. Um, Broncos fourth on 26 competition points. The Eels sixth on 24. Where do you see them finishing off the back of what we saw on Thursday night? The Eels? Both. Well, I, I think the Broncos are a genuine top yep. four shot. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, they weren't in my top eight initially, but based on everything we've seen, yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, Parramatta are uh, in dangerous territory. Like they're, The good thing for them is they've got a lot of games at home, but the bad thing is they've got some really good teams that they've got to face. So they go Panthers, Manly, Rabbitohs, Bulldogs, then Broncos again and Storm. That's there, tough. There is no guarantee that they will win any of those games. No, there's no guarantee. I mean, the, you know, the, the Bulldogs is, is, you know, you would think the easiest game. They lost to the Bulldogs last time they played mm, it. And, and the Bulldogs are on a, on a bit of a uh, upward trajectory. Tell me well. Parramatta aren't going to sit there at the end of the season and rue the losses to the Tigers and the Bulldogs. Yeah. Like, they're they going to sit so, there and look back at that and just go, what did we do? They were so, They will be... Crucial. If that's yeah. the difference between either a top four or a top eight spot, that's yeah. crazy. Particularly the Tigers, because they actually haven't even come good after that. At least the Bulldogs have been on the improve. So you say, oh, well, it was an unlucky unlucky loss. That's what the makes Tigers it even more are... frustrating. They yeah. beat Penrith in Penrith and Melbourne in Melbourne, and then they lose, lose those games. Pete on the text line says, boys, I reckon the threats on Mitch Moses has had an effect on his mental preparation. Thank you for that, Pete. I mean, we know one thing, the game and the club will be doing and have done absolutely everything to... Um, make sure that the situation is controlled and obviously police came in, but also that Mitchell Moses and his family will be being looked after. So the Eels currently on sixth. It's a perilous run home. You're right. And not only that, seventh and eighth at the moment are on the charge. The Rabbitohs big and time. the Roosters are on the yes, charge. So that's another time. that's another threat. It's not it's not just about trying to keep yourself in the in the top six, for instance. It's about trying to protect yourself from those who are on the charge yeah. home at the back end of the season. You look. know those teams that go on a charge and we look yep. back and we go... Yeah. Uh, 09 para yeah. with Jared Hayne. Yeah. Even Manly to a point last year. They came from, I think, second Tom. last or last mm. to top four. Luttrell. Luttrell yes. and Joey Manu are carrying those two teams on their back. It's got all the makings of a swan song. It does. 0457 736 736 is the text line. And give us a buzz. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 on Crunch Time. Welcome back to the program. We are counting down to NRL Nation, of course, uh, live coverage of this afternoon's match at GIO Stadium between the Raiders and Warriors, so 11th and 12th. So why don't we gear up for the matches ahead? Three down, five to go in round 19. Thanks to Dometic. Go on your next adventure, Dometic.com. So this afternoon, Raiders v Warriors. A couple of changes here. Jordan Rapiner suspended, so Nick Chotrich comes in. Albert Hoppawati 
will be playing his first game for the Canberra Raiders this afternoon. They get Elliot Whitehead back and Corey Harawira Naira goes to the bench. Uh, Reese Walsh, as we know, has been bumped to the bench for the Warriors. Dejan Assi is preferred at 5'8", um, ahead of the rookie Ronald Volkman. So that's the latest team news uh, this far out. What are we expecting, do you reckon, this afternoon at GIO Stadium, fellas? It's interesting you mentioned Albert Hoppawati in that he has had a whole series of injuries throughout his career. He's hardly played any NRL, but... As they were coming through, they reckon he was the best of the all of the Hopalati yeah. clan. Yeah. Did so, you ever see that try he set up for Bradman Best? I think it was under 16s, New South Wales Origin. Yeah. Insane. Uh, I see an absolute humping in this game, Matty. <laughs> 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 when you put your best player to the bench. Hang on, like... hang on. We just need to point out something here. <laughs> During the ad break, you've been watching something on Channel 9, which is, a, yeah. which is what is it? Is it a possum? Disturbing. I think it's. Well, now we've got a, I think that's an otter now, that's but a, I was watching an echidna. An echidna, that's right. An echidna was having a penis operation. Yeah. <laughs> and I ask you what's going to happen between the Raiders and Warriors, and you say it's going to be an absolute humping. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Stay focused, Missile. Stay yeah, focused. I know. I know. <laughs> um, the Reese Walsh thing to, that's, to the bench, like, come on. And you go, my first thought is, oh, maybe they're preparing for next year. They're bringing a young player through. Chanel Harris-DeVito, what's he's he doing gonna, next year? He's, he's going on a sabbatical. Yep. Yep. Like, what yep. are we doing? Come on. Yep. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I don't really know what to expect because the last time the Warriors and Raiders met, we called this game and, and the Warriors came out of nowhere to win it. Um, with a field goal from Sean Johnson, who did nothing that game. And, mm. and the thing is, he's done that to them three or four times. Yeah. There's something about playing Canberra where he's kicked the winning field goal. There was a, a game where he won where he kicked two field goals in the one game to beat them. Yeah. The only difference, I think, in this game, Pen, uh, Canberra are playing to keep their season alive. The Warriors are playing for nothing. That's that's why I sense a humping. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be something in a betting app that has. <laughs> so you, you can take you can take these odds or those odds, or you can just take a humping. Forget the thirteen plus. Forget the, <laughs> the humping. It's, a, hum, it's it is a humping. An absolute humping. And Ricky Stewart has extended his deal down in Canberra. What out until 2025 as well? Yep. Well, it's interesting because there was a bit of speculation at one stage that perhaps Gus might try to get him over to uh, the Bulldogs and that's uh, been emphatically put to bed. And I guess the expectation is that they will go down the Cameron Serraldo path or, or certainly that's that's what they're trying mm. to do. Mm. All right, so we're all tipping the Raiders here? Yes. Yeah. Raiders, Raiders, Raiders against the Warriors. They're a $1.25 favourite for that one. Gamble responsibly. Now, and of course, we've got uh, the Panthers v Sharks. Now, this one, oh, I don't know... I don't know what to expect out of this one. Obviously, Penrith have just been red hot all season, last couple of seasons. But the Sharks are showing enough to give you cause for concern, I reckon, if you're Penrith. Yep. I think this is going to be a close one. Reason being, ooh, as I look outside now, there's a little bit of sunshine. But it has been absolutely pissing down all all morning. I was thinking... It's uh, commonly referred to as a humping. Yeah. (laughs) From the skies. Humping from the skies. Um... The Sharks are the second best uh, defensive team in the competition. So I was thinking this might be a tight one, given the weather and given how good they are defensively. I reckon the Sharks will dig in. Um, I still like I like the Panthers, but I think it'll be closer than most think. Mm, all yeah. of the origin stars are coming back, aren't they? And I think it was very prudent to rest them all in a long campaign. They've been yeah. able to do it without them and to have them back. Um, Trip to Bali. Trip to yeah. Bali mid-season. 
Oof. Isn't that did, incredible? Did Must that? be nice. Oh, yeah, no, Nathan Cleary did that. Yeah. Oh. A whole, a whole See what happens boys. when you go on holidays. So, so they had yeah. the, they they gave them last weekend off. So yeah. they, they yeah. basically you know a week and a half and said like, do your best. Apparently go, go there was refresh recharge. There was only one rule with the trip. He had to delete TikTok off his phone before <laughs> he went to Bali. Yeah. So no content from Bali. Yeah. But... There's also another rule: don't bring uh, foot and mouth back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about the only thing stopping Penrith at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay, so Panthers to beat the Sharks. Yes. All yeah. in here. Yeah, on that right one. And then we've got a juicy one, an absolute juicy one. So Rabbitohs v Stormers. Yes. The wheels have started to come off the storm a little bit, but beware the wounded champion team and champion outfit. But the Rabbitohs with Latrell in particular look like they're on one of those charges that we've been yeah. speaking about. Yeah, Latrell's on a heater. If anybody likes value out there, if you like value and you like money, this is the game for you. <laughs> Souths are the outsiders at two bucks. Coming off a couple of massive wins, the Stormer lost three on the trot and they're the favourites. Come yep. on. Missile, you talked about Latrell and the cost of sending him over to the oh, US. Oh, yeah, worth it. Which, so so we speculated it was in the 70 grand vicinity. Apparently, because a sponsor picked up about $45,000 right. at the oh, time. Oh, really? It, it cost, it cost them $12,000 oh. to get Latrell rigidig back in a shape. And the sponsor funded, after seeing a couple of the video clips, the sponsor yeah. funded that little uh, Pushing the Boundaries doco oh, that they did, yeah, which yeah. has had something like, I was reading it's in the paper this morning, over a million hits. Who's the sponsor? I'm so looking for done. investors. <laughs> You're Send me up. on a trip. Back after this break. Well, the Crunch Time team have been on absolute fire. They hit last Friday night. They kicked off the round with an $8 same game multi and they hit again last night and they've been throwing a bit of shade towards this man. Scotty Sattler, well, how are you? Yeah, see, the key word there, Josh, is they. It's they, which means multiple. <laughs> and see, there's this team of, of crunch time imbeciles who just want to team up on me, this lone survivor by himself, just doing his best for the dabblers. So, yeah. you know, I have to take my hat off to them. Though. It's, it's uh, yeah. a couple of good hits there over the last couple of weeks. So I've just got to try and hit back this week. That's right. It is uh, it is incredible what they're doing. But you know, Scotty, I'm always on your side, Sats. Let's be honest. I'm here with you. So let's let's hope that we can find some uh, find some winners this weekend. Uh, I'll tell you what though, Trevor Gilmeister's been on fire as well. He's rocket bet landed in 127 copies. So uh, he's going to have another rocket bet next week. But that's the great thing about dabble. A uh, hundred or so dabblers having to win their stats, which is great. Yeah, I love the rocket bet. Simple. That's what I suppose the best part about. The double is it, uh, is that the copy bets, the rocket bets, whatever it may be. It's just uh, it's nice and simple if you haven't got time to do the you know, do the research the yourself. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we love. All right, let's have a look at the Crunch Time team who have been on absolute fire. Uh, they're going the Raiders. Obviously, got the win last week. Sharks uh, over eleven and a half points, and uh, we've got South Sydney Rabbitohs as well there. So, uh, what do you like there? The Sharks one's an interesting one because that's a tough game, yeah, with Penrith and, and the Sharks. Um, you try and get the spread as well. You don't know what sort of mood Penrith are going to be in. Are they going to, they're going to just, I suppose, dig mm. a trench and try and win by two or four, or are they going to, are they going to beat you by three or four, three or four tries? So that's a really interesting one. The, the South Sydney Melbourne one's also it's a risky one, I think. But the way mm. Latrell's playing at the moment, no Ryan Pappenhausen. I think South Sydney probably should be a little bit shorter to be quite honest. So, yeah, you know, don't mind yeah. that. And Canberra have got a really good record at home uh, at the moment. They're playing against the Warriors who aren't travelling that well at the moment. So, I like the Raiders run home. I think the chance to make the finals. Yeah, and, and who knows what's happening with the Storm at the moment as well. But uh, what do you got this week? What are we? What are we bouncing back with, Seth? 
Well, I've, I've looked at the Canberra game, but not so much the, the head-to-head, but I think Xavier Savage, who's this uh, this great teenager that's playing fullback, um, some of the one of the quickest players we've got in the competition. I think he's any time try scorer. Uh, I think the Gold Coast Titans, I think they beat the Bulldogs. Uh, a couple yep. of players out. Jake Avarillo has been their, their main their main try scorer over the recent weeks is, is out with COVID. So I'm going to say the Gold Coast Titans are creating upset head-to-head there. And the North Queensland Cowboys to beat the West Tigers by 21 to 30 points. Oh, I like that. That's a, that's a nice one, man. That's, a, that's looking good. Um, of course, you, you can follow Stats 13. But I should mention as well, this is one of the great things about Dabble. We talked about the copy bet feature. But we've now got live video on the app too, Stats. So last night, Tommy Sheridan, uh, who's an ex-AFL player, was uh, actually live on the app previewing the, the AFL. But you could ask him questions about your tips. How cool is that? Yeah, nice. I might, have to, uh, I might get stuck into that next week. <laughs> I think you should get yourself on there as well. And, of course, uh, you can download the Dabble app, catch up on all the action, follow the Crunch Time NRL team, copy the bet with one click, and go on, have a Dabble, Dabble socially, and gamble responsibly. Enjoying Crunch Time banter? Check out Dabble banter channels and copy Crunch Time bets. Go on, have a Dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Now, before we wrap it up, we didn't get our tips for Rabbitohs v Storm. Fellas, Missile? Rabbitohs. Get on them, boys. Adrian? I tip the Storm. Ooh. Surely that cat was four in a row. I'm going Rabbitohs. There you go. I'm going Rabbitohs. I like, I like the charge home. And I got to the bottom of smelling salts mm. here, Missile. So we were talking about that before. It's a combination of ammonium carbonate and perfume. Um, ammonia inhalant. Most salts you see today are actually aromatic spirits of ammonia. Which perfume? Like Can't be Chanel number five. Or? Oh no, I can tell you now, it's not that. It's like Lynx Africa or something. That's <laughs> <laughs> my All right, you have a humping good day. Adrian, we'll catch up with you soon Thank as you. well, and we will do Commonwealth Games next together. Coming Missile. up soon, yeah. All righty, stay tuned. NRL Nation is coming up. It's the Raiders and Warriors. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.